And then when I moved here, I met a whole bunch of other crazy young farmers that had started operations. So, yeah, many of which are Farm Beginnings graduates. Welcome to the 293rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Projects podcast on family farming, regenerative agriculture, regional food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. Owl Bluff Farm is tucked away in one of those driftless area coolies where cellular signals go to die. In fact, when contractors were constructing a building there recently, they sometimes climbed halfway up an abandoned silo on the farm to use their phones. It has a sense of being an isolated, if beautiful, little spot in southeastern Minnesota's Houston County. But on a summer day, Carrie Calvo took a break from weeding her vegetable plots to quickly tabulate just how connected the 20-acre farm actually is to the region. Carrie, who's 37, raises vegetables with the help of her husband, Charles, and mother, Kathy Birch. From April until November, they deliver to two area grocery stores that are within 20 minutes of the farm. Owl Bluff also sells to a community food hub, two cafes, and a farmer's market, all within a half hour of the farm. The furthest Carrie has to drive to her customers is an hour to Rochester, Minnesota, where she delivers vegetables and a neighboring farm's chickens as part of a home delivery enterprise. And Carrie has been able to connect with half a dozen other beginning farmers in the area who are undertaking innovative enterprises like grass-based livestock production and silvopasturing. Not too bad for a farm that was bought sight unseen while Carrie was sitting in front of a computer 7,000 miles away. She concedes that making the move into farming after spending 10 years working for the U.S. government, five of it in the desert metropolis of Dubai, seemed a little less crazy after she completed the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings course in 2019. Although she didn't come from a farming background, Carrie had always been attracted to working outdoors and raising healthy food. While in Dubai, she spent her free time watching farming YouTube videos and listening to episodes of Farmer to Farmer, a popular podcast produced by the late Chris Blanchard, a veteran vegetable producer. Carrie completed an online market gardener masterclass while she and Charles kept an eye on real estate listings in southeastern Minnesota. Finally, through Craigslist, the Calvos found the farm in southeastern Minnesota and bought it in 2018. That first year, they raised a big garden and it went well. But Carrie knew having one season of growing a big garden wasn't enough. Financial management and business planning are weak spots for her and she knew little about how to build consistent local markets. So she enrolled in the Farm Beginnings course. This course offers training for beginning farmers in holistic business planning, innovative marketing, and goal setting. It's taught by established farmers and other agriculture professionals from the community and provides an opportunity for participants to be mentored by producers who are undertaking the kinds of enterprises the students would like to pursue. Carrie says the course helped her develop a budget and marketing plan and, just as importantly, taught her how to do the kind of goal setting that balances work and quality of life issues. And through the class, she was able to connect with Haley Anderson, who runs 10th Street Market Farm in Afton, Minnesota. Anderson's operation is similar to what Carrie aspired to, vegetable production that serves various local markets. She visited 10th Street and got advice on, for example, how to set up a high tunnel system. Since completing the class, Carrie has taken on more markets, expanded production, and added infrastructure such as high tunnels, a pack shed, and a walk-in cooler. She's now at the point where she's assessing how much bigger to get. While taking a break in the shade, Carrie talked to me about the surprising amount of market access she's found in the area 
and how farm beginnings provided the kind of skills needed to take their enterprise from being simply a big garden to a viable vegetable farm. And oh yeah, she's benefited greatly from meeting others who don't think launching a farm enterprise in the heart of the Driftless is such a crazy idea. So Carrie, we were talking a little bit about your farming operation here, the vegetable operation that you've got set up over the past four years or so. This is your fourth season. And um, you actually bought this farm sight unseen when you were in, in Dubai, <laughs> which was really interesting, but it's worked out really well. And I think one of the things that's maybe been a pleasant surprise for you is that you're doing vegetables and you weren't quite sure. This is kind of when you drive into this coulee area here, kind of in this corner of southeast Minnesota, it seems like you're in a really isolated area. But you said you're actually, the marketing has, you know, you still have to work at it, but it hasn't been, you're, you, you're pretty good, ac- you have pretty good access to a fair number of markets. Can you talk a little bit about that, kind of what, some of the different markets you've had access that you have access to and and kind of I think you said you're within 20 minutes of several markets in this area. Yeah, um, we have been selling to two of the smaller um, grocery stores um, in the towns around here. So in Spring Grove um, and in Houston, uh, which have been really great customers for the last three years, three or four years. And we sell to them on a weekly basis from April to November. Those are both about 20 minutes from the farm. Um, We also um, sell to Free Range Exchange in Hoka, which is maybe half an hour from the farm, but pretty regular customer. And our farmer's market is only half an hour away in La Crescent. It sounds like there's a fair number of other beginning or younger farmers in the area too that you can kind of network with and talk to them about markets and some of the other things that that some of the other opportunities that are around in this area yeah we've actually teamed up with uh, another farming couple just a couple minutes up the road from us that raises pastured chicken and eggs and did kind of an add-on for our delivery customers that we have in Rochester um, so they can purchase their chicken and eggs from them as well and we're able to also promote some of our other local farm friends nearby like Nettle Valley Farms pastured pork and Heidi's pastured lamb and and things like that to our customers. And you said there's a couple grocery stores you sell to and they were actually pretty they were pretty excited about having a local local source of, of fresh vegetables. Yeah we got a lot of positive feedback pretty much right away and they were um, confident that they'd be able to to sell that product to their customers. You, you didn't have a real extensive farming background. And so you one of the things that sounds like that drew you to Farm Beginnings is you needed some, you felt like maybe finan- the financial end was a little bit of a weakness. And it uh, sounds like you were able to, both through the class and maybe through connecting with other farmers, get some of that financial uh, foundation that you were looking for. Yeah, I think... Um There were several lessons throughout Farm Beginnings focused on financing and business planning and coming up with enterprise budgets, and I'd never had any real experience doing that before, so it really helped me to um, focus in on every little cost that was going to go into um, starting the operation and expanding the operation and then kind of estimating what the return would be and, and what sort of time frame we would be able to start making back those those costs. So, And you kind of feel like right now you're at a size where you're both financially and kind of 
quality of life and workload wise this is kind of where you're at about a half acre of vegetables you have what half a dozen weekly customers or places that you're delivering to yeah. different outlets mm-hmm. that, that that's kind of where you'd like to be at right for now anyway it seems sort of the sweet spot for us and where it's just barely something like out of control like we're just okay. barely keeping it under control it feels like and it's at a point where we can there's not a lot of waste we can basically sell everything that we're growing for the most part and we can sort of do it with just the amount of labor that we have within the family on the farm without um, outside paid help with the exception of four hours of of paid help on market days which is kind of what we were looking for kind of to be able to to just keep it within you know not a lot of outside mm-hmm. outside help and yeah you're yeah. kind of like you said it's like balance, striking that balance you want to be big enough that it's viable but yeah you you're kind of one next step you have to be hiring a lot more labor we don't want to be on the road all the time delivering and things like that so it's kind of this seems to be kind of a good sweet spot for us yeah do you have any advice for somebody who might be thinking of jumping in so your story is that you were (laughs) i hate to be too dramatic here but you were in the deserts of dubai (laughs) (laughs) you were in you were in dubai watching youtube videos listening to podcasts reading stuff online about farming and you know really kind of got your dream going that kind of thing but do you have any advice for somebody who might be I mean that's about as distant from kind of this lush little valley that we're in right now as as it can be but you're you know you've you're here you are four years down the road and you've added some infrastructure here and 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 kind of got it going but do you have any advice for somebody who might be looking into something like this or dreaming about it and trying to figure out, go from that dream stage to maybe something that's actually viable? I would say don't be afraid to reach out to other farmers who are doing something similar to what you think you might want to do. I find that people are really willing to talk about their operation and give advice and you don't have to to figure everything out on your own. People are, are very willing to help. If I was in a different point of my life, I I would definitely have taken the opportunity to work on other farms before starting my own. But, you know, we're older. I'm not really up for interning on a a farm. And, you know, we we kind of needed to just get going. But if we had had, if I'd had that opportunity when I was younger, I definitely would have done it. Ask ask for help. Like, (laughs) learn from other people who who are doing what you what you're interested in doing yeah yeah and that reminds me through farm beginnings you were able to kind of have a as a mentor 10th street farm yeah. um and, and get kind of have that connection a little bit yeah it was um hallie had come to to talk at one of the panels for our farm beginnings class and her model of farming and kind of the types of markets she was working with was something that really interested me so it was it was nice to be able to talk to her about some of her farm operations and then go back and ask for advice later on once I had started farming about things like what should I look for in buying a high tunnel or, or things like that. When you were in the class, it sounds like it was part of the benefit of the class was to be around other people who are roughly in your age range who maybe maybe it varies how much farming background they had, but they all 
you all had a common thing that you shared, which was you saw potential in farming. You know, because the conventional wisdom often is younger people aren't interested in farming. There's no opportunities for younger people. But you folks that were all in that room for that class kind of shared this passion for farming, but also not just as a dream, but something that you thought, yeah, this could be done as a financially viable business, as something that is doable. It sounds like that that was actually kind of key in maybe giving you the confidence to take that next step. Yeah, there was a lot. We spent a lot of time brainstorming different types of markets that we could reach out to or unconventional, you know, not just doing a farmer's market, but things like reaching out to like a, a local daycare or things like that that might be interested in buying vegetables. And we kind of, we, we did do a lot of brainstorming of, of that and just like out of the box markets and customers that people were coming up with. Yeah. You realize you weren't the cra- only crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I moved here, I met a whole bunch of other crazy young <laughs> farmers that had started operations, so... Yeah, many of which are Farm Beginnings graduates. For more on Farm Beginnings and how to apply to the course, see farmbeginnings.org or check out the podcast page for Ear to the Ground episode number 293 at landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you utilize. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members, who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 